Welcome to the Michigan Minds Podcast, a quick and informative analysis of today's top issues from University of Michigan faculty. Thank you so much for taking the time out of your very busy schedule to join Michigan Minds. I'm so excited to talk with you today and learn from you. So I want to jump right in. Can you please introduce yourself to myself and our audience and tell us a little bit about your role at the University of Michigan? Yes, so my name is Lauren Gazelle, and I am a first year T32 postdoctoral research fellow at the University of Michigan School of Nursing. Um, I am currently funded under a National Cancer Institute grant, uh, in, which is an interdisciplinary training grant in cancer care delivery research led by Dr. Chris Fries. Thank you. And in what areas does your work and your research focus? I have two areas of research focus, the first being adolescent and young adult cancer survivorship, uh, where I study ways to improve the quality of life of AYAs or adolescent and young adults and other individuals diagnosed with cancer between the ages of 15 to 39 years old. And AYAs are a really distinct group of individuals that have very different needs than pediatric and older cancer populations. Uh, they not only have to navigate the shock and challenges that come with a cancer diagnosis, but also along that have to continue to achieve a number of important developmental milestones, which can drastically affect their quality of life. Uh, sp specifically, my work has looked at financial and economic issues affecting AYAs with cancer, and it's moving in the direction of identifying ways in which we can mitigate financial hardship beyond just at the individual level. And my second area of research focus surrounds the nurse workforce. And this stems from my uh, pre-doctoral work and time at, at New York University at NYU, uh, where I conducted research on internationally educated nurses and nurse migration, and have uh, been actively involved with projects that explore experiences of nurses working throughout the COVID-19 pandemic. And you recently wrote an opinion article for CNN that discusses how the nursing workforce will continue crumbling if changes aren't made. Can you highlight some of the key messages that you shared in that article for us? Of course. And taking a look back, I wrote this article in January of this year, which seems like a lifetime ago, um, but it was only three or four months ago at this time. And if we remember, that was amid the surge of cases that came with the Omicron variant. And it was really driven, the desire to write this was driven from my clinical experiences as a family nurse practitioner and the research work that I was doing with the team out of NYU. Uh, and the key messages from my article were that nurses were and are struggling. I saw from both of these lenses as a provider and researcher that the general population was not quite understanding just how much nurses were suffering. Um, and so when I was asked to contribute my perspective, I jumped on the opportunity and also as a chance to amplify the visibility and voices of nurses across all settings of healthcare in the United States. And in that article, you discussed the harsh reality of COVID-19, as you were saying, within hospitals that nurses face on a daily basis, which is much different, like you said, than, than what the public sees. So can you provide some additional insight on those challenges that nurses are currently facing? Mm -hmm. 
And one thing that nurses have made very clear is that, you know, we were in crisis and we were struggling well before the COVID-19 pandemic. Uh, what the pandemic did um, was just exacerbate these issues related to nurse well-being, bringing them to the forefront and to our attention. And so nurses are maxed out. They're exhausted. They're stressed. They have poor sleep. They're grieving. Um, and that's causing many to leave the workforce. They're, and they're also seeing a heavy patient volume across care settings. Um, and, you know, they're historically noted to be undervalued in the healthcare team. And so the nurse to patient ratio is steep. It's also contributing to the emotional toll of caring for patients throughout the pandemic. And so the things that we're worried about, uh, many researchers and clinicians, first, nurses being stressed, not getting enough sleep or enough help, and are overworking themselves, um, these issues have just exploded. And as many studies have shown, the health and well-being of nurses influence the quality, the safety, and the costs of the care that they are able to provide to patients. And you know, there are also new stressors that nurses deal with because of the pandemic, risk of infection, um, workplace violence to nurses, high physical demands, increased workload that we talked about, more complex patients um, and challenging social and ethical issues. We are living in um, really strange and um, complex times. And these stressors lead to nurse burnout, fatigue, exhaustion, and ultimately poor mental health. And you also explained how nurses have long been advocates for their patients, but now nurses really need their patients and employers to advocate for them. So how can the public help create bold changes needed to really support nurses? That's a really great question. The public can continue to follow um, evidence-based public health guidance. So getting vaccinated, continuing to wear high quality masks. And another thing too is donating blood if you can and are able. Uh, second, uh, the public can help and support nurses by being advocates for better working conditions for nurses. Uh, one example is to write to or call your senators and tell them to fight for safer working conditions for nurses. Providing mandated nurse staffing to ensure patients can continue to receive high quality of care, offering higher compensation for nurses and loan repayment programs, and providing mental health care support are just four places to start. And um, another study out of NYU found that institutional resources such as supportive staff relationships, professional development, even providing temporary housing for nurses um, and access to, per to personal protective equipment uh, were associated with lower levels of mental health problems among nurses like anxiety and depression. So those are other ways from an institutional perspective. In thinking about the shared experiences that nurses have of of a tug of war, quote unquote, a tug of war between taking care of themselves and taking care of others when it comes to volunteering or picking up extra shifts as they deal with a nursing shortage. You know, May is Mental Health Awareness Month. So I'm wondering if you can describe the, the toll that being so overworked as a nurse really can take on mental health. 
Yeah, uh, there was and still is a shortage of nurses willing to work in these conditions um, in inpatient, outpatient, acro across care settings. Um, and at the time, coupled with an increase in COVID cases and patients seeing being seen across settings. Um, and then there's this whole social aspect of being a frontline worker at a time when members of the public were dismissing public health guidance. And that's where this tug of war um, really stemmed, stemmed from. Um, many nurses are left to silently suffer as they face these overwhelming feelings of exhaustion, anxiety, sadness, irritability, um, that are continuing to chip away daily at our mental health. And one study that's been highly referenced and um, cited was actually published with data that predated the pandemic um, that showed that compared to the general female population, female nurses were um, at two times higher risk of death by suicide. Um, and again, this is before, before the COVID pandemic. Uh, and then our work out of NYU also found nurses during the first six months of the pandemic reported really high rates of depressive symptoms, anxiety, and insomnia. Um, again, this is the first six months. And sleep disturbances were both a contributing factor to and an outcome of poor psychosocial health. And another part of this is that nurses just don't have the time to be present with patients anymore. They can't deliver the level of care that they want to. They were trained and educated to. Um, and our team um, also came to this finding in a recent paper in the American Journal of Nursing uh, that was titled Losing the Art and Failing the Science of Nursing, which really underscored the barriers that nurses faced in the early months of the pandemic. Um, and it reflected the deeply painful disruptions in the care nurses were accustomed to providing their patients, as I just mentioned. Um, and these barriers included disrupted nurse to patient connection, lack of personal protective equipment, fear of infection, lack of evidence-based guidance and understaffing, all of which drastically altered um, the delivery of nursing care. And as I wrote about in the CNN piece, the great resignations also affecting nursing. Um, many nurses are leaving hospitals and clinics to either become travel nurses with higher pay um, or they're completely burned out and leaving the profession altogether. And we cannot afford to lose any more nurses. We need everyone providing high quality care and that are also practicing at their highest ability um, with quality mental health care too. That must be so stressful for nurses and healthcare professionals to navigate all of these myriad complexities. Um, can you share any resources or support when it comes to taking care of your mental health as a nurse? Yes, as much as I am open um, in my research and uh, speaking with other colleagues about getting active uh, mental health support um, and help. It's sometimes, you know, still a stigmatized um, area to discuss. And so I um, always advocate that 
nurses seek professional mental health support. Um, this can be done through their employer employee assistance program or on their own, and that can be very overwhelming and scary at first with how to start. Um, I definitely understand how hard it is to establish those relationships and find a mental health provider that you um, trust and also that accepts your insurance. Um, but there are websites that can help um, things like Zencare and Psychology Today. And then there's also the National Alliance on Mental Illness or NAMI that also has um, a helpful um, call line that provides callers with free referral information and support, um, which we can share in, in the article as well uh, for a wide range of mental health conditions. The uh, American Nurses Association or ANA also has a mental health help for nurses webpage uh, that offers advice and resources for nurses struggling with stress and other mental health conditions. There's also the American Holistic Nurses Association. That's a nonprofit that offers evidence-based resources to help nurses learn about self-care and stress management. And there have been grassroots initiatives that developed um, throughout the pandemic, really um, uh, from nurses at the bedside that um, have developed these campaigns and nonprofits to provide peer support for nurses, um, things like shift change and don't clock out, um, which again, we can provide the web pages and, and links for all those. Yes, we absolutely will include those. Thank you. And thank you for sharing so many resources. So we're, we're almost out of time. And before I let you go, I want to ask if, if you have one thing that you hope listeners really remember and take away with them from this conversation. So we are seeing tremendous turnover across different healthcare settings that also has an effect on other areas of research too. And one example that I'll give brings in my other area of focus in the work that I'm doing with adolescent and young adult cancer survivors, uh, nurse turnover among the oncology staff or research staff has also provided some limitations to recruitment and data collection and clinical trials. So seeing that um, and making sure it's important to note that the health of nurses is vital for the health of our nation and the effect and impact of nurses directly at the bedside has far ranging um, effects across other disease populations and other areas of research as well. Before we close, is there anything else that you want to share? I just want to thank uh, you all. I want to thank Michigan Minds um, for spotlighting nurses, um, for hearing our voices, for amplifying the work that we are doing, not only at the bedside, but in research and in advocacy. And I hope that we can continue to spotlight the work that is being done and amplifying the voices of nurses, um, even beyond National Nurses Week. So thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you for your time. This is certainly important information to elevate, and we really appreciate you taking the time to join us to share. So thank you. Thank you for listening to the Michigan Minds podcast, a production of the University of Michigan. Join the conversation on social media with hashtag UMichImpact.